Hey guys, thanks for tuning in last week and hearing our story of, of how we conceived and um, our struggles to go through um, pregnancies and things like that. And now we're going to kind of pick up where we left off. Uh, we had the third. Fourth. The, we're on the fourth miscarriage. Yeah. Okay. Fourth. Um, fifth. Fourth. Everything went as they as they said. So and this is a gap because uh, Corey yeah. is uh, 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 she's eight and Naomi is almost three. So it's a, it's, There's a these miscarriages are happening between that five year gap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, exactly. Yeah. So um, after the fourth one that hit that hit hard. Um, I, you know, and at this point, so, oh, here's the other, here's the other thing where everyone's like, why do y'all keep trying? Or, you know, what are you doing or whatever? Y'all have two. Cause there are people that said that, um, I, uh, can be on birth control after. So once you, once I found out that I was, um, had the blood clotting disorder, I can now no longer be on birth control. So the option is then you get a vasectomy. Um, but I couldn't be, I couldn't be on any, any birth control. So because of my risk for blood, um, blood clotting and having a blood clot was much higher. Mm -hmm. So even now there's no birth control for me that I can be on. Um, and there's no birth control for me either <laughs> well, as well, people. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, not then, but there yeah. is now. Um, so I, um, and we weren't done. Like I still wanted to have potentially another one. I still was like, Ooh, we could still have a boy, you mm. know, uh, in the back of my mind. Um, so the fifth one is where things get a little dicey. Um, fifth, same thing, found out we were pregnant, <laughs> excited, go through all the motions, immediately start my injections. I do everything we're supposed to do. Um, I was working, um, and, and, went to one of the doctor's appointments and found out once again, okay, there's no heartbeat. Um, and, um, it's, you're going to have a miscarriage. It's going to be the same thing. That's what the doctor told me. Same process. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you're going to start bleeding one day and, and, and it is what it is. And yeah. so, um, that again, I got punched and I was like, okay, been through this before. I know what to expect. Um, I was at work and this is one where I, I literally have PTSD from it. Um, but I was at work, um, started bleeding, but not a normal amount of blood. Um, I went to the bathroom in between patients and I was hemorrhaging. I mean, I knew it. I knew what was happening. There was no way I could have that much blood coming out. Something was terribly wrong. Um, <sighs> this one's hard to talk about. Um, so luckily I had a, had the lady that I worked with, um, she came to the bathroom with me. I mean, it was come, I mean, it was, it was bad. Um, and so I got to the bathroom and she said, I looked at her, I said, you need to call 911. Um, and she did. And the ambulance came, got me. Luckily I, I, I worked, um, directly, almost directly across the street from the hospital. And so the ambulance got there and it was two guys and, I told him, I said, I'm miscarriaging. Um, I think I'm hemorrhaging. Um, and at that point, all they heard was, I think, miscarriage. And they were like, oh, she's just miscarriaging. Mm. Um, so I was in the ambulance and they're like, we're not going to turn the lights on or anything. We're just going to get you there. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, 
and see the here's like the that I don't like telling the story. Um, they couldn't get my vein, and they're like, they'll just do it when you get in there. And I was like, okay. So um, I think it's important to tell this story. That's why I'm doing it. It makes me super uncomfortable, but I'm gonna do it so that in case this happens to anyone else, um, you're aware and you know. Um, get to the hospital. I'm sitting in the waiting room. And at this point, I know you have been called. My mom had been called. Um, But again, my mom is in Abilene. So she's three and a half, four hours away. So um, you're not there yet. And I can feel my stomach. It is filling up with blood. Mm -hmm. I can feel it. And I was telling the doctor and he would come and push on my stomach. And at this point it was clotting. And so there were... um, it was coming out, and then I was still waiting on the doctor. But then I have to come in and say, "Hey, listen, something's going on. With my wife I had to didn't have to um, get bucked." So, so here's who saved me, and I went and found her after this. The ultrasound tech. Mm-hmm. Um, she came in and she did an ultrasound on my stomach, and she calmly, she didn't freak me out. She she looked at me and she grabbed my hand. She goes, "I'm gonna go get the doctor for you," and I was like, "Okay." And she like pushed her stuff aside. And then like quickly got out of the room. And I'm telling you within, it felt like 10 seconds. I don't know. My, the doctor was in the, the doctor that I needed to see was in there. And she looked at me and she goes, how are you feeling? And I was like, not great. She goes, you're not always this color, are you? And I was so, I I had, um, what was happening is my body was going into shock because I was losing too much blood. Um, And, um, my heart rate was like 160 to 180. It was way high. Um, and here's where the frustrating part comes in f- with, <laughs> with the doctors. The doctor then that had been with me that we were waiting on the o- the the OB doctor to come in. Um, he was like, "No, she just has white coat syndrome. She's just as nervous because we're in here." And she looked at that do- that doctor and she goes, "That is not what's happening." And she immediately like that's when she just got everybody and was like. And I'm assuming you were, yeah. I, my brain is, but I, I know there. you were there. That, I mean, um, I was the one that told the, your color was off. I was like, my wife don't look like that. What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, so she immediately um, took me back, got me where I needed to go. And then I remember I had a, I had a necklace that had Blake and Corey's name on it. And I remember being rolled in. <laughs> this is, and I remember like holding it. Um Cause I, and I was like, I have babies. Like y'all have to save me. Cause I knew, I knew it was bad. Um, yeah, I knew, I knew it was bad, but I knew, um, I was in good hands. And so she looked at me and she was like, you're going to be okay. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, eh, this is a, not a fun story, but I think it's an important story. Um, so then I, I woke up, right. So they put you out. And then I woke up and I was in a, you know, like a, uh, recovery room, right. Recovery room. And I just remember just being so thankful then that I was here and, and I was okay. And, um, and I just, I'll never forget that, that, that point. But even at that time, I knew it was bad, but I don't think I realized like how, how bad. Um, so then I went to, when I got into the room, you were there at this point, my mom was there. Um, I went to stand up and I, I remember, um, my head, I mean, it was like 
it felt like it was moving. Like it was, um, you could feel my, I could feel my, my pulse in my head. Mm -hmm. And so I like sat back down and the doctor came in and I was like, um, is that normal? She goes, no, you've, you've lost a lot of blood. That's when we had to do the blood transfusions. Um, so I had to get two blood transfusions, which that's kind of a, (laughs) that's kind of a funny story. Cause I remember, so when they hook you up, you know, you hear all these like horror stories of blood transfusions of wrong blood. I told y'all before I'm a hypochondriac. So wrong blood or like air, blood or, or whatever. air yeah. going into the thing. And so we're, do you remember this? The nurse was like setting it up and you see, why does the tube have to be that long? But the tube is like long. So you see the blood blood going up the tube and it's going to go and it's going to come into my arm. Right. Mm. And I remember going, stop. And she was like, what's wrong? And I was like, there's bubbles in it. And she was like, uh, no, Jenny. She's like, those are okay. Those are like micro bubbles. It's okay. Mm. I was terrified that those bubbles were about to like explode. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I knew something bad was going to happen. Um, so that was kind of funny. But anyways, got the two blood transfusions. Um, was still in the hospital. My blood pressure was still super low. It was like something over 40. It was like... Um, 80 or 85 over 40. So I knew that was, um, they had to get my blood pressure up before, um, before I could leave. So waited for that. It was a couple of days I was in the hospital. So we get home. They forgot to prescribe me iron. This was the coldest I had ever been. I don't remember if you know, but when you lose that amount of blood, my color did not return for months, months. Um, and then when they didn't give me the iron, we go back to the doctor for a checkup. And she was like, um, did you, are you on iron? And I was like, no. She was like, they didn't give you any when you left the hospital? I was like, no. And so um, once I started my iron, it kind of things got a little bit better. But I remember like laying in bed. I was just like freezing. I had never been so cold. Um, but after that one, <laughs> um, that is why I was nervous. So um, – the, the neck, we did have one more after after that one. And then after that one, I was at that point terrified. Yeah. I was terrified of pregnancy. I didn't want anything to do with them anymore, basically. Um, and so there was a, a good break. But then we did get pregnant again, which ended. The in, last time. So that was the fifth. Uh, no, I'm sorry. That was the sixth yes. um, miscarriage. And um, I was done. I was like, this is enough. Like, I, I don't, this is a lot, um, for anyone. And we have two, I have two that I'm so thankful for and so happy that we have. And so I, you know, I wasn't thinking. And then at that point I had thought, because we had gone a long time without me getting pregnant again. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had thought with all the, oh, we're wrong Two, I forgot. Two of those, remember, I had to go and do DNCs. Yeah. I forgot about that. So I was wrong on telling the story. But that is why I thought maybe I couldn't, maybe I couldn't get pregnant anymore because I was like between the, the two DNCs that I had and then the miss, the, the one where I hemorrhaged Mm -hmm. where they had to do that. I thought there's probably a lot of scar tissue. This is my own diagnosis. And so I was like, we hadn't, we hadn't gotten pregnant. So I was like, we're this isn't going to happen. So it's fine. Um, and then COVID hit and then Naomi hit. Yeah. Well, did Naomi happen in 
during the, COVID. Okay, but I'm saying was it like the earlier the earlier point time so of we, COVID? So, well, she was born March of 21. So we were pregnant all of 2020, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not all of 2020, but 2020. Yeah. And um, everything worked with her. I mean, it was, we did, we did the same thing. I mean, it was we in the house the, anyway, when like we were doing yeah, March. Yeah, yeah. And, and we, um, so that gave us, that was a blessing during COVID because there was so much going on and that gave us kind of something to look forward to and to be excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't, I, it was funny. I remember like, then you go every day, you're like, oh, okay, we've made it another day. I've made it another day. And then I knew once I got past that, like 10, First trimester. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay. Cause I had never miscarried after that point. And mm-hmm. so I was like, I think this is going to be okay. So I started to calm down. But then what kept creeping back in was, what if I hemorrhage again? What mm-hmm. if I hemorrhage again? And so that was my fear, which is when I found out about like the birthing affirmations. Mm-hmm. And I would listen to them. I put them in my ear at night. I would listen to them. And if anyone has never done those, like those are amazing. And they, they're just so positive and they just, they're like, they just, they prepare you for sure for, for giving birth and giving birth naturally and just understanding that you know, God created my body to do this and this is what it's going to do. And, and then I didn't have that fear, um, up until I rem- so then, so now we're at the hospital, mm-hmm. uh, Naomi came at 37 weeks too. So Blake at 35, 35. Corey and Naomi both 37. at 37. Mm-hmm. So, um, we're at the hospital and the doctor now is the same doctor that delivered Blake. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny. Dr. Blake. Dr. Blake. Funny side story. I could, she had a crazy last name and I could not find her to deliver Corey. I couldn't find her. I didn't know where she was. Um, I was taking Blake to her pediatric appointment and on the side of the wall, it said Blake so-and-so OBGYN. And I was like, and Blake goes, look, mom, it's my name. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's the dog. I bet that's her. And so we go in and sure enough, that's her. So we found her again because she Blake read Blake and we were on. Yeah. So she was actually in the same building as our PD, mm-hmm. our, our pediatrician. Um, and so that's how we found her. So at that point, I was like, I'll never get to use her again because I never really I didn't think that, you know, we were going to get pregnant again, but we did. And so I knew immediately who I was going to. I was mm-hmm. going to her. So um, she was just the most the most fantastic doctor. Um, but uh, Dr. Wida is her name. Blake Wida. It's um, if y'all are in the Austin area, she's awesome. <coughs> Shout out to her. Um, but so went there. She knew my history, you know, again, so you're filling out the paperwork and they're like, how many pregnancies have you had? And at this point I'm like, Oh God, I don't know. Six. So Naomi was my ninth pregnancy. Um, and so I hated writing, like having to write that, um, was like, uh, and then she would look, I remember her looking at it. She goes, you worry me. And I was like, don't do that. Like, we're going to be fine. And she was like, yeah, I know. So she was just, she was awesome. Um, so we did, um, when we got to, she knew my fears all along because of the hemorrhage. She mm-hmm. knew that that was part of it. Um, and so she would always just reassure me. She was like, there are so many. So when she told me, she was like, we have a cart that will be ready in case you hemorrhage. Like 
we will be prepared for it. Like the last time you hemorrhaged, you weren't even at a hospital and they still managed to get what you needed and save you. And I was like, okay. So that made me feel better. Um, and I, and, and I don't know if you realize, so, and, and having our natural. So when we got to the hospital with Naomi, this is when we knew there was a game on. Mm -hmm. This is when this was the, my third time. So I was like, I know what's going to happen. The first one was in six hours. The next one was in three. She's coming in an hour and a half. She's going to be here. We're going to just keep cutting it down. Mm -hmm. And she looked at me and she was like, it's not always how you plan. And I was like, yeah, I know it's fine. It's going to be fine. It, she'll be here. She's like, you don't want Pitocin. I was like, I've never had Pitocin. I don't need Pitocin. Mm -hmm. Just break my water and it's going to work. Naturally. That's that's how it's worked. So, of course, she breaks my water that morning. and Because my water didn't break with any of them. So they had to break the water with all of them. Mm -hmm. She breaks the water and we're just sitting there. And it's me, you, and mom as usual. Mm -hmm. We're sitting there. We're sitting there. And I'm like, what is happening? Nothing is happening. I mean, nothing is happening. And so... Then she comes in and she's like, are you sure you didn't have Pitocin? And I was like, I know I didn't have Pitocin. Yeah. No, I didn't have Pitocin. She's like, okay, I'm going to give you a little longer and then we're going to have to give you some Pitocin, which mm -hmm. everyone tells the stories of Pitocin, how if you get Pitocin, oh, your, your um, contractions are so much stronger and faster and harder. And so if you're doing it naturally, it's like, oh, you don't want it. So I was scared of it too. So I was like, I don't, I don't want that. This is hard enough as it is. Um, but nothing was happening. So with Naomi, she put the Pitocin drip in mm -hmm. and of course your contractions start immediately. Start. Um, which was fine to me, the contractions, they all suck. I mean, there was no different. I mean, it, it sucked, um, <laughs> regardless, but, um, I knew the game came on, so I felt pressure. I was like, this baby needs to get here. Mm -hmm. and and did you feel pressure because you wanted to watch the game too? I or mean, you thought it was for me? No, this one this one was for you in this moment. <laughs> 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 for sure. But um, so, but where I hadn't lost it with any of them. Um, but when the when the nurse came in and she, they'll check you, and I was, I knew, I know specifically. When you get to eight, that pain is is strong, mm -hmm. right? And so from eight to ten um, centimeters, when you're dilating, that pain is is a lot. Now, granted, it tends to go a little bit faster, but it's a lot. So um, she came in, and I was like, "Ooh!" Like I knew I was like, "This is this is up there." And so I, I wanted her to check me. And I remember when she checked me, she said it was like a five yeah. or something, something that was not even close. Yeah. And I, like, I think my whole mental power at that point, because I was like, in my mind, I knew she was going to tell me I was at a nine. Yeah. Like, that's what she was going to say. Because your pain level was at Yeah. What, and at so I, I was like, okay. And I sat there and I had a, a couple more contractions. And I don't know if you remember this, but my mom, she could see it. So mom also had all of her babies naturally. Mm -hmm. So she looked at me at one point and she goes, Jenny. I know you're you're in pain and it's okay. Like she she was like you don't have to be tough all the time. Mm. And when she said that, I think like one tear came out. I was like boop. The one tear like uh the movie Glory <laughs> whenever was. uh got hit with that whip <laughs> and that one tear drop fell out. That's how yeah, she looked. Yeah, cuz I was like <laughs> I was hurting. I, I remember I was hurting and then it was so weird cuz then the doctor comes in mm. almost like immediately after and she goes, "Are you ready?" And I was like 
what do you mean? She just told me I was at a five. I knew I was upset. And she was like, you know, when you're ready, she's like, you tell me when you're ready. And so I knew then I was like, okay, no, she thinks I'm, I'm ready to go. I was just really confused. And then she was like two more, two more contractions. And then two more contractions. I was pushing and the baby was out. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, I got upset. I didn't even have to shed that tear because I thought I was shedding that tear because I thought it was going to be at least three more hours of this. Mm -hmm. So it popped out. And but then it was like boom, two more minutes. Yeah. Naomi. She was here. And every time we have a baby or any of the babies, I always hold them up as if I'm uh, the monkey <laughs> off of a <laughs> Lion, off King. Of Lion King. I hold the baby up. And they all have bows. And they all have yeah, bows. Okay, yeah. and, it's, and it's a beautiful situation it is it was great so it was the the str the struggles are there it is um and it and it doesn't um you know when you when you think back there was times where i'm like um and this is what i meant by everybody deals with things differently there was times where i looked back and i was like am i am i it was almost like mom guilt it was weird i felt guilty for not like um I don't, I don't even know how to like process this, but like, am I, am I thinking of them enough? Am I, does that make sense? Does it even make sense to you? Yeah. Or did I just move on and I don't acknowledge that I had six other babies or pregnancies that, you know, I saw their heartbeat, some of them. And, um, so that's when I got this tattoo. Mm -hmm. And so I have a tattoo, um, on my arm that is, um, all the birth flowers of the babies. Mm -hmm. And then I did one with the dandelion with the um, six, you know, the ones that you blow the, and the, the things go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we have six of those that kind of float off. So that way I know that they're there. It happened. I process it. And then um, I bought you a ring. I have a ring. So the ring has six um, little clusters of diamonds that I wear. Um, so there's things that you can do. <laughs> That, you know, you do want to remember it, but I don't want to sit and dwell on it because we are so thankful and grateful for the some three that we have. can't even exactly. have babies at all. Exactly. So we're definitely thankful for that. Yeah. Um, um, but it's not always going to be easy and it's not always going to be picture perfect. And, it's not. And there's routes that you can take and that you're going to have to take in order to get to where we are. And, you know, we're, we're thankful. I'm thankful I'm here. I'm thankful, you know, that nothing cr crazier had happened. Mm -hmm. Um but um, it's a it's a wild story. So with that, you were supportive. Um, let's talk about, you know, maybe how how you felt in that. But I, I remember you being supportive, but I knew that you were being as supportive as you could because it was something I was going through. For sure. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> I feel. As a father uh, or a husband to somebody that's having a miscarriage, like this is probably the only time that a father is at his most, uh, like he's, you know, he can't do anything at that moment. Like he is no providing or protecting at that moment. Like he can't do his natural alpha instincts because there's really nothing that he can, like he doesn't have that same feeling that she has. He's not going through that same emotional feeling that she's having when she's having a miscarriage. Um, so I also feel like, the only thing that a father can do is give some type of emotional um, uh, support. I mean, yeah. with my, you got to know your, 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 your significant other, right? M my wife is not the one where I, she wants me to sit and just 
talk to her as hell, you know, no. I, I'm here for you. I love you. Like she doesn't want all that mushy shit at the time. She really, it's more of like, just be quiet and hold my hand or rub my hair or scratch my back. It's more of those type of things. So whatever your spouse requires at that time, because even when being an alpha male, uh, and I always say provide and protect when, when, when I'm saying provide or when I'm saying protect, it doesn't go off of just like, let me be physically strong and beat up the person that's trying to hurt my wife or let me just pay all the bills. When I'm saying protect, you also got to protect her heart. You got to protect her emotions. You got to protect her feelings because she is a fragile human being. So that also goes into the alpha mode of when you're, you got to be able to protect in different ways and provide in different ways. And when she's going through these miscarriages, you have to be able to give different parts of yourself. And I think um, being a father and when when a woman is going through that, because, you know, we don't have the same connection with the baby while it's in the belly. If, if a father tells you he does, he's lying. Like that, that connection is is not the same when it's growing inside of her and she's going through those nine months and, you know, going through all those kicking or you can rub it and feel the feet kick and all that. But the yeah. true connection with the father and the baby is when the baby is born. Like when that crown pops out, that <laughs> head pops out and I touch the baby head or when I hear that first scream and they're cleaning the baby off. Like that's my mm. first introduction to the baby, you know? So I think that as a father, it's hard to relate to the mother when she's going through all this because we really don't have that connection yeah, yeah, it's not our bodies. Right. We don't really have that connection yet. So I think that, uh, um, fellas, if your woman is going through this, you you have to be very mindful. You have to be very uh, uh, sensitive to her feelings, and you just got to be able to provide and protect in a different way. That, I mean, yeah, what's come natural to you, whatever your spouse at that time uh, uh, needs you to do at that time. Yeah. So, uh, but I think it's hard. Um, I think that. Um, um, seeing my wife go through this was 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 hard for me because you know when she's laying in the bed and she's crying there's I mean I, I can't protect her at that time because it's what we're going through right there there's nothing that I really can do I'm at a helpless state yeah. and uh that's not a good feeling to be as a man to be at a helpless state where you can't um help your wife and you know I never like to see her cry so anytime I know when it's in, in that time, if she's doing any crying, she's really hurting or she in some pain or something like that because she, she typically doesn't cry a lot. So, yeah, it was, it's tough. you were there though. I mean, <clears throat> you were there as much as, as much as you could be. And um, again, every, everybody deals with things differently. And yeah. I definitely wasn't wanting to like um, openly cry about it on a, or, you know, any of those things. Yeah. Um, I, I, just because, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot to process. Um, it, it is, it's just a lot to process, but what, what I could sit back on is that I had, I had children and had three so, babies. Yeah. And so that was great. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a ride. It so was. this has been a ride it has uh, been. for us, but, um, and fellas make sure like if y'all decide not to have any more babies, and uh, if your wife can get on birth control, get on birth oh, yeah, control, whatever. But as a man, it is safer for you to get snipped than for her to get her tubes tied. So it's it's just a safer process uh, for you to get your yourself snipped. So if, if anybody's wondering what we're doing now to prevent yeah. this, it's not that I'm on birth control. It's that um, I got snipped. We had the conversation mm -hmm. of 
for me and the health risks I had, because I would have had to go, I couldn't have done it right then. Mm -hmm. Um, because we, it's like a surgery. Yeah. It was a surgery. Well, a, we had to make sure, um, I wasn't going to start bleeding again. Mm -hmm. And so we had to make sure my body was okay. And then several days later, go back in and have another procedure where I have to be put under and do the things for sure where you can literally walk in and walk out 10, 15 minutes later, hour later. Okay. It's about an hour later. It's not that. I mean, because you got to do the recovery. It's like, it didn't seem got, that long. Well, because, well, the prepping and yeah, all yeah, that yeah. type of stuff. Um, uh, but you get snipped. I, I got snipped, um, which is not alpha at all. <laughs> Getting snipped is like not even close to being alpha. But I got snipped only for the safety of my wife. Uh, let Thank that be you. known. It was only for the safety of my wife because I wouldn't have got snipped. But, um, That's a good man, idea. that, uh, you know, when you get snipped, they tell you you got to. Uh, it's a, so <laughs> funny story quick before we get out of here. Um, you know, when you, when you, uh, uh, when you get snipped, right, they give you, you know, you can either be put under, but not like all the way under, you'll still be remembering everything. Uh, just, you, you, and then they can, or they can just number it's like it up. It's like a twilight? So, uh, it's, what they no, 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 you still remember, oh. you, you, you're just a little bit more, uh, sedated than, than the normal. Okay. Um, so, um, uh, they're prepping me, right? Cause you have to shave before you go. <laughs> So they're prepping me. It's, it's three women in there, mind you. It's fucking freezing in this damn place. So they lay you on a table and shit. You're laying on a table and they got like a blue, like a blue garnet thing that goes over your body, but your your wee-wee is sticking out and your balls and shit are sticking out and shit. That's sticking out. And it's freezing in this joint. And I'm sedated. But the thing that kept running through my mind was like, three, three girls are laughing at my dick, man. <laughs> They gotta be saying some like they joking on me right now because it's freezing in there. And I know I had to. I know I had the cold. Shrinkage? I know I had some shrinkage going on. <laughs> then the doc comes in, boom. He's right away talking about sports. I'm like, dude, like he's yanking on typical. Yeah, yanking on stuff. Like, yo, man, what do you think about you know this, that, and other? Like, who do you like in the playoffs? I'm like, bro, like he, he's doing his thing. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, boom, one likes tug, bop, 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 boom, then he's done. But he tugged a little harder tugged, on one Tugged, tugged hard on the left-hand side and really, yeah. really hurt my joint over there. But nevertheless, I got it done. And then they tell you, hey, before you and your wife have sex, you, oh, need, to, yeah. you, need, to, you need to knock out 20 of them. Meaning that you need to ejaculate 20 times, <laughs> shoot 20 of them off before you're able to... Uh, to have sex just to make sure i mean yeah. shoot off 20 bring a sample back can you imagine if if the if though getting pregnant after this procedure i would have i would not have been happy yeah so they said shoot shoot 20 off come back bring a sample in when after you shoot the 20 off and we'll see if you're sterile i think you got to like three i i didn't i didn't shoot none off i, I don't I, believe I, I don't jack off i didn't i didn't jack off <laughs> I didn't shoot none off. I shot him at her, mm, not knowing mm. I, we, we we had sex. I, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't just shooting the club, but, but I'm saying I sh- I shot I, I wasn't doing any of that. I, I wasn't uh, raping myself. Well, I wasn't I don't doing know if any you of told that. Me the truth on that, then I wasn't what what, what I told you. I knocked out. I didn't tell you I jacked yeah. off. I think yeah. Nah, only time that I jacked off. What, what are we talking about right now? We got all lost. <laughs> yeah. Only time that I uh, did anything was when I had to go give him a sample because you have okay. to. Like I couldn't. Right. Like you can't have sex. Boom, boom, okay. Give him a sample. Okay. That's yeah. the only time that I did it. But yeah, I just wasn't. Um, uh, yeah, we got off track with this shit. But yeah, man, like I wasn't. Uh, I got <laughs> go snipped. Get snipped. <laughs> go, go get snipped, man. And um, man, having babies is is beautiful. Um, we had three together. We have three together. 
uh, Blake, Corey, and Naomi. Yep. And um, I mean, they run the house. Well, they run their mom. They don't run dad because I don't play that. Oh, but it's a, Naomi. It's a it's a beautiful thing, man. Um, and once again, uh, we just wanted to share our journey, our story. Absolutely. Um, let my wife take the floor and uh, give y'all some details about the struggles that she went through because we know there's a lot of people out there that just go through these type of um, struggles and, and trying to have kids and mm-hmm. um, you're not alone. I mean, uh, it's, it's not no, always there's, the, options. there's options. There's options. It's not, it's not always the woman's fault. It's not always what she can't. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes men's yep. swimmers go backwards. So you got to always get you gotta, everybody. Both of you have Y'all to get know who I'm talking about. So I got a good going. friend who's, who's with circles and, and there's, mean, and now they have, beautiful children exactly so, so there's options um there's options but let's end this on uh, a story of the week do you have a story of the week okay so we're gonna have we have a segment it's called the story of the week and uh we want to end probably all of our episodes with the story of the week my story of the week comes today uh i'm gonna give you mine first and then i'm gonna let my wife do hers uh but today um I was uh, getting ready to uh, uh, go to the gym and work out. I take the kids to school first. Uh, I take the big girls to school first, and then my wife takes the little one to school. And uh, so I'm boiling me some eggs, right, getting my stuff all together, you know, boiling my eggs and doing that. Typically, nine out of of ten times, my wife makes my breakfast, Yeah, coffee, everything. So I'm boiling eggs, right, pull out some chicken to cut up to put in the eggs and do all that type of shit. She looks at me and said, what are you doing? I said, boiling some eggs. She gave me an attitude, didn't even tell me bye, and slams the door. I was so offended. I'm like, what the? She got mad. <laughs> I didn't know you were telling this story. She got mad that I was making my own damn breakfast. Like, because this shit is crazy. Because you only do that to, like, annoy me, I swear. I, I was doing it because I was hungry. I was about to go to the gym. I was hungry. Yeah, but I was going to ask you if you wanted to go have breakfast first. And so I was like, what is he doing? You don't ever, anytime you do anything for yourself, it's because you're like, she You're thinks mad that, at me so or something. She thinks that any t- like if I do anything by, for myself, like I ain't a grown ass yeah. man. She thinks that I'm mad or something. Yeah, like I can't make myself breakfast or I can't you do this. You don't. So she leaves and slams the door. I'm like, I what don't the know fuck? If is, I, I swear, it. I swear the door slammed. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with her? Slam the door. Boom, boom, boom. Come back with a little attitude. I'm like, what? The? <laughs> Just because I made myself some damn eggs. Yeah, because I make your breakfast. But that's my story. But not of the only week. do I make your breakfast, is I make your breakfast. I know what you eat for the last f- 14, 15, whatever, a lot of years. And then all of a sudden, the other, the other morning, you were like, I don't want eggs. What do you mean you don't want eggs? I just want like fruit and yogurt. What? Why can't I not have that shit? Like, why don't I? Are you just going to change up what you like? On the day of, or I've already made you breakfast. You could have been like, you know what? This is cool. Tomorrow. That's my story of the week, folks. We're on to Jenny Jones's story of the week. We don't have to do uh, two stories. You just want to keep one story of the week? Let's do one story of the week. Okay, well, that's the story of the week. Yeah. And it was brought to you by the anger in my wife for me making my own damn breakfast. So. Don't do that. Boil eggs. That's all. Just boiling some eggs. Or don't. I was just boiling some eggs. But like I said, this is episode two. Tune in for episode three coming to you shortly after these. Um, we just want to thank everybody like we always do at the end of our pod, thanking everybody for allowing us to uh, be us and uh, to be vulnerable and just to be able to share this space with y'all. Uh, maybe some of this stuff that we discussed today can help y'all out. 
Uh, we want to thank everybody that's behind the scenes around Rock Studio. We love that what they do here. Yeah. They do a great job for us. Absolutely. They pr- produce it for us. My boy uh, Charles Box, uh, Mailbox Production, he does a lot of stuff for us as well. They just really have a great team over here, man. They do a great job, and we just want to thank them for that, man. Uh, everybody that's on our YouTube channel, uh, subscribe. Go subscribe. Hit that like button. I Every- never thought I would ever say that. Go click subscribe. The click down the button. Below. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Music. So um, uh, Apple Pod. I'm sorry. So just go and listen. Uh, download. Listen and like. Uh, leave some heart emojis. Go to our website, coffeewithjennyandre.com. Uh, we're gonna have merch on there real soon. We're gonna have coffee mugs. We're gonna have sweaters. We're gonna have crew necks. We're gonna have a couple of hats on there. Just a lot of stuff like that on there, yeah. man. Um, so. And we, we just appreciate wanna, all the kind words. You we guys appreciate y'all, man. We appreciate all the kind stuff that's been happening for us, all the kind words. Y'all been leaving messages and all that, man. Uh, we're also on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> you know, we got the we got the wine challenge coming soon. So y'all prepare for that wine challenge that me and her are going to do with the ball. And oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello. You know, Here that we one. Yeah. We, get that we might popping. not be as smooth as the other ones. We're definitely not going to be that smooth, but we're going to have coffee and not wine. Okay. Done. So thank y'all for tuning in. Thank you. Thank to you. To Coffee with Jenny and Dre, my beautiful co-host Jenny, and I'm Dre. And we'll see you next time. Peace.